In the name of God who created us and walks with us and calls us forward into love. Amen. Good morning. My name is Brian Litzenberger. My family and I are parishioners at Trinity, where I am currently, among other things, a verger and in discernment for ordained ministry. I was so happy when Reverend Nancy invited me to add my voice to our preaching roster, and I'm so glad to be with you here today in this new mode of connection. I've been thinking about you, praying for you, and praying also about what God is saying to us today. It is my deep hope that you are well and safe as we work to find our way forward into this new normal. It has been a complicated and for some of us difficult experience transitioning our lives seemingly overnight to work to protect ourselves and each other from a virus that we are still trying to understand. I am finding this stretching and challenging me in ways I couldn't have anticipated. And I'm finding myself reacting in ways that are not always, should I say, the most adaptive. Perhaps you are as well. As Christians, we are called to hear the word of the Lord and to proclaim it to the world. As it says in Mark, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. But I have to say that right now, I'm not really sure how to pull that off. We're in a new world, one that I hadn't imagined a month ago. I'm worried about catching or communicating the coronavirus. I'm concerned about finances. I worry about getting takeout when our family is at the end of our rope and desperate. I'm trying to be present in the work that I do as a psychologist. And then there's the toilet paper. I am apparently completely freaked out about toilet paper. Going to the store and seeing the empty shelves, I can feel myself panic. And incidentally, I had no idea how brand loyal I was until now because I'm not only worried about toilet paper, I'm worried that I can't get the kind in the red package. On Tuesday, I went to three stores looking for toilet paper until I found some, and it was the bad kind. But they were still selling it in ten roll bags, one per customer, and so I grabbed it. And you know what the kicker is? We're not even close to being out of TP. And it's the good kind. I'm so worried about not being able to get what we need. I pray that when this is over, we are all able to come up with really creative things to do with all the toilet paper we have jammed into our pantries. But what is up? Panic. The aggressive creeping up of anxiety. And in it, I can see my perspective narrow, my focus become pinpointed, determined. Determined, yes, but also limited, as I have shut out so much. Given so much of myself over to this one goal, and afterwards, when I start to be able to have deep breaths again, it strikes me how much I have allowed myself to get caught up in this mess, and how much this has pulled me away from what is going on around me. I imagine that we each have had some experience, perhaps in the last few weeks or days or hours, of finding ourselves pulled into one of these rabbit holes about our news feeds or Facebook or television or desperately trying to make this new time we're in exactly like the one we just left. And as I read the Gospel for today... It strikes me to wonder, how different am I, are we, really, than Thomas, Martha, and Mary, 
each with their own probably overwhelming experience. Thomas has just escaped being stoned to death. Mary and Martha have just lost their brother. And we see each responding to Jesus from the place of those emotional experiences. As though each one is saying to Jesus, what are you talking about? This loss, this fear, this grief and fragility and turmoil is reality. In these moments, we see real human experiences as reality for each of them gets defined by their own specific emotional experiences. Each of them meeting Jesus right there where they are in that moment and seeing him and defining him in a way that fits with how each of them is feeling. And consequently, each misses the point. And then, in the midst of things, people are mourning, confused, angry, in deep grief, doubtful. We are brought back to ground. We are told, Jesus began to weep. Or in the King James Version, which is even more powerful to me, Jesus wept. Full stop. Shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Pierce my heart. Forget the misinterpretations and misunderstandings of his friends. He doesn't correct them or defend himself or shame them for their struggles to believe. When Lazarus died, Jesus wept with his sisters and their friends. For those of us who have met grief and loss and fear, how powerful is it to share that with someone who gets it, who is there to hold it with us, with whom we can enter fully into the experience? It is through these kinds of connections that I believe that we are relieved of the greater part of our burdens. It is by the relieving of our burdens in the empathy and connection of another that we are connected to the presence of God. It is here at this moment of his weeping that Jesus shows us that he is that presence, that we have a God who cares deeply about what we are experiencing and who grieves with us. God is unrelentingly there to help us to continue to move forward into love. Unlike Mary and Martha and Thomas, and I'm sure others, in facing the adversity of losing Lazarus, Jesus sees a different reality. Death is not the end of Lazarus' journey. Wrapped in the linens of death, sealed in a tomb, succumbed to his fate, released from his illness, perhaps well on his way to rising in glory. Jesus understands a deeper truth. Jesus sees life sleeping in Lazarus. In the darkest of possible moments, when life has narrowed down to the end point of the story, Jesus sees life in his dear friend, Jesus sees a future on earth and calls Lazarus forward. He reverses this crossing over and summons him back. Out of the depths have I called to you, O Lord, 
says the psalmist. And in this case, the Lord has called Lazarus out of the depths to repent from death and to return to life. Jesus saw more. Jesus saw more for Lazarus, more possible than death, more possible for the kingdom of God on earth. And at this moment, Jesus sees more for you and for me. Jesus sees more beyond the current reality, more than our desperation and fears, beyond the protections of our defenses and our envisioned disasters. Acknowledging our pain and struggles, he invites us forward into life. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. We are called here and now, today, to get this. Out of this darkness of this present moment, we are called, we are called back to life. To believe in the present Jesus, our resurrection, not on the last day, but here, today. What does this mean to you? I am the resurrection and the life. Can we hear that voice calling us? Can we accept this? Can we find the love that calls each of us forward beyond our perceived limitations and into life? One of my family's solutions to social distancing is to go for hikes as much as possible, which given the ages of our children is not always the thing that everyone wants to do, but often about halfway in, something amazing happens, and we are pulled both more together and more into the world. As part of our efforts here at Trinity to stay connected, we have set up a calling tree to work toward getting each of us connected to someone else in our community. I was on one of these phone calls recently and was reminded by the person that I had called that the beautiful building we share, the beautiful building we share is not the church. We are. We are the church. You and me here. Now, as we are today. How do you call, how, how do you hear Jesus calling us into life? Into each other's lives. There is work to be done, my friends. There are stories to be told, lives to be shared, love to be known and enacted in the name of Jesus. Listen and hear the voice that calls you. Amen.